Welcome, Whiteman Warriors, to the Practicing the Pillars podcast, where every airman is a leader. When you lead yourself first, others will line up to follow. Welcome, everybody. We're so glad that you're here with us today. I am Chaplain Graham Bailey, and I am joined today on the Practicing the Pillars podcast by my incomparable co-host, Mrs. Morgan Hildebrand, the True North coordinator, and some very, very special guests. Today we have with us on the podcast uh, Mr. Dale Duncan and Mrs. Megan Duncan. Uh, Megan and Dale are the parents of a very special individual, uh, Spencer C. Duncan, um, Megan and Dale, welcome. Tell us a little bit about Spencer and uh, why he's so special to you and to uh, our nation. Well, first of all, thank you so much for um, having us here. It's been our honor to be here. Um, Spencer was our oldest child. We have three boys. Um, Spencer was our oldest, and when he was 21, he was deployed to Afghanistan as a door gunner on a Chinook helicopter on August 6, 2011. Uh, that helicopter was shot down, killing 31 Americans, 30 Americans, one military working dog, and seven Afghan nationals. And um, there were five army, five army crew, three Air Force airmen, and 22, can't do the math, Navy SEALs on that helicopter that day. Um, it's the single day largest loss of American life in the Afghanistan conflict, and um, it remains that to this day. Um, he was He was great. And um, a bright and shining light was snuffed out times 31 that day. Spencer was a hero. We think so. And we are so honored to have you with us. Uh, and we're so glad that you're willing to share your story with us. A lot of folks will have listened to the story that's uh, linked online. Uh, and they heard lots of really amazing things about Spencer, fast cars. Um, <laughs> Even ones that weren't supposed to be fast. <laughs> ones that weren't supposed to be fast. Um, uh, passionate living, uh, a guy that gave, uh, and, uh, and a guy that was excellent, that was known for um, excellence. And that's a, really, uh, that's a really special testimony, and it's a special story. And I know that it's really hard. Um, I can't imagine as a parent... and. Uh, Morgan also as a parent, what it must be like to, uh, to come through something like that. Um, and you mentioned a few things, uh, in your story. Uh, one of the things that, uh, that you mentioned that really struck me, um, was, uh, and I think Megan, you mentioned, um, that Dale had said, uh, when you wanted to kind of curl up in a ball, uh, and just kind of be done, um, grabbed each other's hands, and you said, no, we're going to grieve out loud. We have to grieve out loud. I wonder if you could talk a little bit about what, uh, what you mean by grieve out loud, what you mean by putting a voice uh, to your pain, uh, and how putting a voice to your pain uh, has made a difference for you guys. You know, I think uh, for us it was, it was that choice. The choice was to be, you know, within ourselves, just pulled together the two of us and to mourn our loss and to grieve together. And Spencer, if, if you knew him, you would know that he just would not be content with that. He would not be happy if we allowed ourselves to just 
kind of crawl into a ball. And so for us, it was thinking about our son. How are we going to best honor him? How are we going to best help people understand what, what that sacrifice really meant? And, and we had to do something. Uh, we knew that he would want us to do something, and we had to do something. And to do that, we had to be transparent. We had to allow ourselves to show our grieving to other people, to let them see it, understand that you know you can grieve and you can still be uh, taking steps forward. You can still be productive. You can still have purpose. You can still do something that's positive. And that's what we decided to do, grieve out loud, let people see that, be transparent. I don't know how anyone survives losing a child. I really don't. I don't know. I'm not confident that I'm going to <laughs> in some ways um, because that's just, it's not right. It's not the natural order of things. It's not um, It's not what anybody wants. You, you just can't fathom losing your child. And, um, and I think that there's a part of us that... Um, as long as we are successful, and by successful I mean still breathing, um, we are going to try to show that you can do this. You know that it. Spencer's life ended. Period. In a big way, um, but we're still here for some reason, and that b- we better be about that reason, whatever that reason is, whatever anybody's reason is they should really embrace that and do mm-hmm. whatever that is. So when I, when I heard you, when I heard that phrase, uh, grieve out loud, th- the thing that hit me immediately was in our community, uh, we always try to uh, encourage um, help-seeking behaviors, right? We always try to, and that's something that we talk about, hey, if you got something going on, go and talk to somebody. Uh, go and talk, go and talk, go and talk, and, and you're only as sick as your secrets. And, uh, and, and, and there's something about um, opening your mouth and putting words to your pain or putting words to your, to your uh, struggle that takes the power away from that struggle um, and yeah. and gives it back to you. I, I wonder if you have experienced that, or if you noticed that 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 was true in your own story. That that somehow by putting a voice to what you were feeling, some of the power that it had that, that was holding you down was was taken away from it. Yeah, I think that um, part of the power of of um, of internalizing that. Um, is that we then see ourselves as the victim. And when you give voice to that, it removes some of the darkness. Mm-hmm. And light always wins. Light always wins. So when you can eliminate some of that darkness, um, you're, already, you're already a step forward in the healing process. And it does. We decided that the enemy had already had enough victories mm-hmm. and that we weren't going to be part of that continuing defeat. So... So voicing that and being able to say, this is where I am and this is what I'm going through, it does, it gives you more power, gives, Mm -hmm. kind of balances that power back out and you're able to move forward. Yeah. For folks that are, for folks that are listening, I think uh, that's something that's really important to hear that just by verbalizing what you're going through to somebody, 
to somebody safe. And, and for you guys, that started out verbalizing just to one another <laughs> how much uh, you were hurting. But verbalizing what you're going through to somebody and bringing it into the light really can really can make a difference and really can uh, begin to take some of the power away. One of the things that uh, I noticed when you all were sharing your story with the larger group was uh, some some body language, and you can tell a lot about relationships um, with body language. Uh, and Megan, as you were sharing your story, uh, there were some there were some moments that were clearly difficult for you to to communicate with with the larger group. And you would turn and you would look at Dale and Dale. I don't know if you know that you did this, brother, but you you kind of stepped in, uh, you leaned in, and you moved a little bit closer. Uh, to Megan and there was this 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 physical movement of your body towards hers that that showed support and showed care and demonstrated that you were showing up for her even in that moment Uh, and I imagine that that's been going on um, for the last several years that you guys have been showing up for one another so so the first question this is a (laughs) two-parter the first question is stay uh, tuned stay tuned right (laughs) the first question is for for megan am i right like is that is that what's going i mean uh am i right in 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 assessing through that little little body language cue that you guys have had to really show up for each other uh in in powerful ways over the last several years and and has that strengthened your relationship even this hard thing that you've been through has it strengthened your relationship with one another yeah well the first thing is um I really hit the jackpot when I married this guy um he's a stand-up guy period Um, so 32 years of us being together um the last eight have been the most trying but you know the previous do the math whatever that however many years that was um before Spencer was killed we we walked through a lot together. Um, part of that is just our upbringing. That, you know, we made this commitment. We're going to do this. But I really think that um, the key to, or at least one key to walking through something like this, is to do the work before you get to something like this. Mm. So do the work on the relationship. Do the work on your faith or whatever it is that's your touchstone. Do that build those friendships, be there for other people and have them be there for you so that this is not a new experience when you have to deal with something like this. You know, Megan is my uh, soulmate. She's my best friend. Um, We've made this commitment to walk through life together. In the last eight years, we've walked through a pretty difficult challenge in our life. And I can't imagine for one moment trying to do that by myself. Um, You know, we've been able to support each other. We've been able to hold each other, lift each other up. When one was down, the other was, you know, the cheerleader. And let's, let's go. We can do this. We can do this together. And, you know, I, as a mother, I, I've, I've watched her and the pain and the grief that she feels losing a son. And as a father, that's how she's supporting me. I, you know, as a father, the, the loss is, is just as bad, just as hard. But, and, but she knows that that relationship is different. And, and yet her support for me is unwavering. Um, because that was the, the struggle I had, the largest struggle I had was feeling like I had failed as a father. And yet when I felt that way, she was standing beside me and telling me, you know, that's not, that's not good. Don't think that um, your relationship with Spencer was strong. So that's, you know, 
we're in this together. We're walking together. Yeah, so that was my follow-up question. We, I oh, know sorry. that. No, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, so I know that, uh, that you showed up for Megan by saying, hey, we're going to grieve out loud. Um, and you, you grabbed onto her and you said, we're doing this together. And uh, my, my follow-up was, how has she shown up for you? Mm-hmm. And it sounds like she showed up for, in, for you by reminding you about the, the value of the relationship um, that, yeah. and the strength of that relationship. Ab- absolutely. Uh, you know, uh, Spencer was a handful. <laughs> and, uh, and to get him through high school was, was really difficult. It was a challenge for all of us. Wow. And as a father, I, you know, I, maybe a typical father, I pushed and yeah. I shoved. And, I, and our relationship was strained uh, through his high school years. And, and yet when he went into the military, um, he started understanding some discipline and some other things. And, and we got to talking and our relationship was healing, was mending. And and then he he lost him, and I, I felt cheated of that opportunity to have that relationship with my son again, and and that's Megan was there through that whole thing. I, you know, I it was a it was a really challenging time as a father for me. Mm. Wow. It's it, so I, I'll just say watching the two of you together and, and how you both speak about your son and how you speak about being parents but partners as well. And Grammy, you asked them you know, how they show up for each other. I think what's really interesting is that you each show up for the other person on their terms. So your, your physical presence as you move close to her probably isn't the same way that you show up for him. Your needs are different, but you, you show up for the other person's needs, not the way you want them to show up for you. Um, that's just, you can see that in the way you hold hands or the way you move towards one another. When you guys look at each other, you lean in. It's it's all there that you're supporting the other person's needs for them, not for you. I just, that's, that's really beautiful. I think when you go through something and you have your person that you can turn to and say, I'm down, pick me up. So seeing you guys go through that and then thinking, God, I have a son. What would I do? Um, you're mourning the loss of a child, of a veteran, but you also have a child and a veteran that's still here and is also grieving the loss of his brother. How do you show up for him? And, and what do you look at as far as what his coping skills are in life to guide him to stronger coping skills that the two of you have developed in a partnership? that he's learning how to develop as an individual? Well, that's a really good question. I'm going to have to wait a few years before I come back with an answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We actually have two other sons. Um, one in, one was in Marine Boot Camp. Uh, Tanner was in Marine Boot Camp when Spencer was killed. And then Calder, our youngest, was getting ready to start high school. Uh, so... And they are two completely different individuals. And I think in the maybe the second session today, we talked about the um, how birth order changed. You know, so suddenly our middle child, who was classic middle child, um, was suddenly the older brother. You know, and um, we've watched him try on different coats. You know, of how to get through this process, and that part of it has been. You know, I'm going to be the family protector. And part of it has been, um, you know, his own grief being overwhelming and 
watching both boys um, kind of develop and grow through this process, in my mind, what I decided to do, and um, I'm not saying that this is the right thing, I'm just saying this is how it happened, was to just kind of build some parameters for, um, I don't know what this looks like, but you're going to bounce around like a bowling alley lane with bumpers, you know, however the ball bounces through there to get down to the end, that's what we're going to do, but these are the parameters. I was scared to death. <laughs> I made a huge mistake. Um, so Tanner was in Marine boot camp when Spencer was killed. He went back and finished boot camp and, and actually did all his training and everything, but one of the breaks that he had when he came home, I rushed us to a counselor because I I was so afraid of losing my other two boys. Um, I was so afraid of that. That's still, honestly, that's a fear of mine. Um, so I made this appointment for us to go to this counselor. <laughs> and it was a total disaster. And I'm not saying counseling is a disaster. I'm saying this particular <laughs> right. thing was a disaster, um, which may have actually set my boys back from seeking help. Um, but I, I was so desperate. And um, so I made a lot of mistakes like that, um, trying to, you know, be like, I don't, you know, you can do this, you know, whatever this decision that you're making that I don't agree with, you can do that, but it can't be illegal and it can't be harmful and it can't kill you. So <laughs> that, sounds <laughs> like, that sounds like uh, yeah. the military, illegal, immoral, unethical. No, everything else. Right. Okay. Good. If it works, <laughs> do it. Yeah. That's actually yeah. how you have to parent teenage boys. <laughs> by the way. I have teenage boys. And that's exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I feel so as a child who was extremely challenging, I, I think, so I did not finish high school and I think I have a father. He was, he was military and then I left the military also looked at me and was like, oh, Lord, I'm so glad that you found a place that will pay you money. <laughs> to be that. <laughs> yes. They're like, oh, it was a relief. But then to see you guys as parents, and so I think of my own parents, and they go, you just allowed him to be who he was. Like, you're very honest that you had a difficult relationship. He was a challenging child. Well, I was a challenging child. Graham, I know we talk about your I was boys. Not challenging at all. <laughs> and you were. <laughs> Jesus could hear you. Right? I was, I was we can be challenging kids, yeah. or we can have challenging kids, but the forgiveness and the like, no, you get to be a challenge. You get to discover who you are. And I still love you. That's it's, so powerful. It's about giving space to and our grace. children and grace as they're growing up. And, and I think we've, we've done that, we've tried to do that. Um, and then love, always unconditional love. Yeah, uh, I love you. You know that that's that's the most important message that we can give to our children and mean it. And right now, as they're healing, and they are healing, they're not they're not over their brother's death. Um, is to give them space and to love them unconditionally, and that's what we're doing. And I think key to that is um, having a safe place. You know, our boys could go out and do. Um, you know, life. And when they came home, they knew that we were going to love them. Um, we could be disappointed. We could be concerned. We could be sad about decisions that they made. But we always 100% loved them. And I think that when you have that safety net in your life, I know that's, I grew up with that, and I know Dale grew up with that, um, you get more opportunity to find out who you are. Um, and I think that knowing who you are, um, that makes a difference in how you live your life and how successful you are because um, you get all that other stuff out of the way. 
that's what I felt. That was what I told myself anyway, as we were raising the boys. It was like, they're finding themselves. Dear God, please let them find themselves. <laughs> find their, their right self. So, so, so you guys have uh, started this foundation um, called the Spencer C. Duncan Make It Count Foundation. It's a mouthful, uh, it's a mouthful <laughs> but I, I love it uh, because it, it really does embody um, who you are as a family. You know, your parents... Um, and you were, you allude to that, um, and you're a family with, with by having Spencer's name in there, and and there's a message that you have tried to communicate to and through your family to make it count. And I, I love when you shared uh, Dale about how that was something that you told your boys every single day: make it count, make it count, make it count. Uh, and then coming back around, you know, I started to choke up um, when you talked about um, Spencer saying, "I'm." Like he cut you off, and he said, "I'm making it count, Dad." Ugh. And that that crushed me. Um, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and I I know that one of the best ways that we um, process our own stress and our own grief um, is by by reaching out to others. Um, the stress hormone and the hug hormone are the same thing. Uh, the thing that makes us want to reach out and serve um, is the thing that um, that can heal us from our uh, from our pain. And so you've got this Make It Count Foundation where you're reaching out, and that in some way is an expression of who you are as people, and it's a, a part of your healing process. And you talked about um, hope and the power of hope and the reward uh, that comes uh, when you start serving other people. Uh, and I just wonder if you could talk to us a little bit about the relationship between um, sort of your hope and the substance of your hope and your foundation uh, and the Make It Count Foundation and this sort of desire to reach out and how um, hope is what pushes you to reach out and at the same time uh, reaching out is what gives you hope, uh, if that if that makes sense. Or, or maybe I'm completely off base. So that's, this I is mean, that, that's it. Um, you know, for, for us, I mean, raising the three boys, uh, there was a hope. There's a hope for those three boys, right, for those three lives. And, and that's the reason the Make It Count message was there. I, I wanted them to know. I wanted them to take full advantage of everything that they could to make every moment count, go out into the world and do something powerful. And when Spencer, when Spencer was killed, um, that was, a, that was a, a pounding in our hearts, I, you know, it, it, it hurt so deeply that I think, you know, we, we, we had that danger of losing hope. Um, and, and so the work of the foundation brings that back to us. That when we talked about healing uh, for us on this journey, that's a part of it. It, it gives us back our hope for, for our children, for, for ourselves, for our lives. And, and then in turn, what we've been able to do is see transformation happening in the lives of other people. And people who, who you knew were hopeless. Mm. And looking in their eyes and seeing that, that complete uh, void of hope. Uh, and yet, through the work of the foundation and, and things that we've been able to do, uh, bring back that, that hope within their eyes. Um, that just adds to our healing in a big way. Yeah, well, I think, um, you know, that saying about 
grief divided. I can't remember the words right now, but grief shared is grief divided, something mm. along those lines. Um, and it's true. It doesn't, you know, nothing's going to bring our son back. Nothing is going to change that our son is gone. Nothing is changing that trajectory of our family now that used to be this unit and now it's part of that is gone forever. Um, nothing changes that. But I will tell you that um, the people who've walked this path before us, the other gold star people that we know, um, they've all reached back and that's that's part of the process. You know, I've been here, I'm at point C, you're at point A, I'm reaching back my hand to throw a microphone in your face. <laughs> <laughs> the microphone just fell, listeners. <laughs> but it's those people who've reached back and helped pull us along the way. And then, you know, we've, we've reached a point now where we've been able to reach back as well. And that just, um, I don't know, it's not, it's not a sense of purpose necessarily, but it certainly is a sense of, um, I've already been there. And I'm the poster child for you are going to live through this. And that's sometimes, sometimes that's as simple and as, as profound as the message is to other people is that you can, you can do this. You can walk this path. It's been walked before. It will be walked after you. This can happen. And, and that's our transparency too. We're walking yeah. this path. We're crawling. Walk, <laughs> walk with yeah. us. We'll walk with you. Yeah. Uh, you, you do so much and you, you travel and you share your story and, and you talk about what your process has been in order to help other people through whatever their trauma is for their own process. And you show up for one another and you show up for your kids. I'm curious when you are giving all of this to us, what can we do then to give back to you and to other Gold Star families? If we're if we're receiving so much care and love from you, I feel you know like I, how do I return that? How do I show you one million dollars? <laughs> <laughs> Besides no, that, oh, other than that, okay, if I post it, <laughs> actually, actually, it's very easy. Uh, go out and find other people to help. Yeah, just make and, it count and do the same thing to them. Pay it forward. Make it count for someone else. Love them unconditionally. Um, walk beside them on their journey, on their path. Help them find hope. Be a hope giver. We talked about being a hope yeah. giver. That's it. And speak their names. You know, mm. it's my worst fear that um, Spencer will be forgotten. You know, he gave, gave his life for our nation. And he really did. He wasn't, he didn't just accidentally go in the Army. He didn't accidentally become a door gunner. He didn't accidentally get on that helicopter. It was intentional. It was on purpose. And big reasons that I don't understand that I've decided I'm going to leave in God's hands until I can get him uh, on a one-on-one. Um, those reasons I don't understand, but I know this. That kid knew what he was doing, and he did it for the right reasons. And he did it for you, and he did it for me, and he did it for the people who can't do it. And he even did it for the people he didn't like, which was Plenty of people, by the way. Um, <laughs> we kind of had this quote in our family. We'd drive by and you know, see somebody walking on the sidewalk, and Spencer would go, oh, I hate that kid. 
<laughs> so it's kind of our thing now. We, we say it a lot. We don't mean it for anyone out there. We don't really mean that. Um, but say their names. You know, they, you, uh, you all as well, you raised your hand and said, whatever this nation says and asks of me, I will do that. Um, you're heroes. You're all heroes. Wonder if uh, if you have a story about a veteran that has been impacted by your foundation, one that sticks out to one of you guys that you would want to share with us, so that so that we can hear. Because um, I know that you're doing great things, and I, I would love to hear a story about a veteran uh, that has been transformed by the Make It Count. I don't know if it's with a book or with a uh, with a family or with a home or however, but what's one that is just you know, there, <clears throat> there are so many, um, and we do get letters from veterans who have received scholarships and and those kinds of things. But uh, one of them that uh, that I think is really uh, poignant here is uh, uh, you know the idea that uh, there was a there was a student veteran uh, at UCM who was uh, actually living in his car um, because he he uh, he couldn't afford uh, rent. He was paying uh, child support, um, and most of his money and, and all of his funds were kind of going into taking care of other other things. And so he was living in his car, and I think he was living in a... And the irony, just as I'm listening to you, he's living literally 15 minutes away from an Air Force base. Yes. And I had no... I mean, none of us probably knew anything about this guy who was our comrade, you know, in well, our he didn't tell anybody. Brother. Yeah, right. He's right in our backyard, um, living in his car. Yeah, Two church ladies found him in the parking lot oh where he was gosh. living in his car. Wow. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you. no, no, no. That, that's, that's exactly right. And uh, I, you know, when I first heard that, I, I, I mean, that's just unacceptable. Yeah, that's unacceptable. And so, uh, you know, our part of our our giving, our grants have gone to the University of Central Missouri to support their student veterans and. And so a scholarship, you know, for him, I, you know, I think, I believe he was, he was able to kind of get out of his car into a place to live. And, you know, so it's those kinds of stories, um, success stories, hope stories that, uh, that yeah. we've, we've heard. And, you know, students who the book scholarship was their one reason for being able to go back to school. $500. Um, $500 meant the difference between going to school or not going to school. That's mind-boggling. You know, it, it's ridiculous to me that people who have stood between me and the bad guys and protected my freedom come home and don't have the things that they need, like books or a home or help with their PTS. It's not right. We've changed. We've taken these basically kids and turned them into warriors, and we haven't done anything about helping them be real people again. Do you just feel like you're every veteran's mom and dad? <laughs> we feel like we're every veteran's <laughs> mom and dad. That's how it feels. <laughs> listening to you and, and being near you and, and hearing how you talk and care about airmen, I mean, you're concerned with whether or not they're going to school. Did you go to school today? Did you do this? Are you okay? Do you have room to get help? What do you need? The you're our mom and dad. <laughs> I, I don't have time to tell you a dream that I had, but but let me let me uh, summarize it in saying, 
that for me, these faces of other veterans that we've come in contact with become my adopted sons and daughters. That's what it means. Um, we care about we care about each one of them so much that we want them to be successful. We want them to find hope. They are like our new adopted sons and daughters. They really are. And and, and some of our our strongest relationships are our military families now because we've we've brought them into our home. We've accepted them. We've shown them that unconditional love. We've we've seen you know hope uh, come alive in them again and. And we've embraced them, and that's that's who we want to be um, in honor of Spencer. Understand that this is all about honoring our son, and and uh, you know upholding a legacy for his life, and and just making a difference in people's lives. But they but they become like our family. That's that's the point. That's what it is for us. And we're just two people that feel like that. There are a whole bunch of people out there who really really appreciate um not just with words but with their lives they appreciate the freedoms that we live in and um, how we're able to conduct our lives you know and um we're just we're not the only ones there are a lot of people out there that feel that way you mentioned just just sort of as we as we kind of wrap up um you mentioned um that when you lost spencer you had to come to this uh, realization that um, that there that 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 the hero the the one you talk about the price of freedom and freedom is so much more than just Spencer's life that there's a ripple effect and that there's there's uh, there's grandkids and daughter-in-laws and you know great grandkids that aren't that aren't going to be now and that's the cost of freedom and that that hits me so hard and it's so powerful and it's so profound and it's so true that that ripple effect that sometimes we don't um, we don't really understand or appreciate, uh, and and somehow you've been able to take that to that you've been able to take that ripple effect because of your hope, because of your desire to make it count, because of your passion, um, and because of um, and and because of who you are, and because of your your desire to honor Spencer, um, you've been able to take that ripple effect and kind of turn it upside down. So this this UCM veteran um, that was sleeping in his car, there's a ripple effect to the good that was done in his life. His kid is going to be able to be provided for, and there's going to be grandkids and great-grandkids because of what you've done. And there's veterans who are in homes who are able to provide lives for their families. And, and, and the cost of freedom is indeed great, and the gift of freedom that you have given, um, that Spencer has given is indeed great and so i say uh on behalf of uh, veterans everywhere thank you spencer thank you uh thank you dale thank you megan um we are so honored and so grateful for the work that you do uh, and for your legacy of love and for spencer's legacy of making it count thank you thank you for that illustration because you just made my